This is the WZ Podcast with J-Rod here. Deleted WrestleZone, very own podcast. All things that it's pro wrestling from AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here. Uh, first things first, I want to apologize to people. I know I'm in the past I said I was going to put on some new content, but... Uh, recently, I've been trying to catch up with the wrestling world, what's been going on, not only here in the States, but also in other places like Japan, Mexico, uh, Canada, all those other places that you love pro wrestling, you want to talk about them, about the promotions and all this and that. But I also was dealing with my own personal stuff that I needed to, to handle. But right now, I'm back to do another podcast episode. I think this is episode number 45. But let's get started right now. Now, as you know, the Wednesday Night War is over. It happened right on WrestleMania, right after WrestleMania week. As you know, NXT moved the Tuesdays. Now, let's talk about that. How did this come about? As you know, for since um, 2019, when we were well aware that AEW were planning to have a televised show. It took place, but WWE decided to have NXT coming out from their network to become a live televised uh, show as well on the same day, and it kind of became more of um of a war. Now, majority of the times AEW has won both the viewership and the eighteen to forty nine demographic, and I know many fans who over time were upset saying that. Like, the viewership means something. Fuck the 18 to 49 demographic. That doesn't mean nothing. Actually, it did. Those ratings were the reasons that AEW continued on. And, of course, it gave them the extension all the way to 2023. Now, what happened is it was later revealed there were rumors surrounding and then later was confirmed that NXT was moving on to Tuesdays. Now, the real question remained... How can NXT succeed? Now, I have to say, we have witnessed, what was it, back in the 2020 when um, AEW were asked to move their their show on a Wednesday due to the fact that um, they were having the NBA um, the NBA finals that, on for two weeks, and that's what they did. However, that very particular time, NXT and AEW did way better when they're not competing. That is something. Now, um, I know Triple H was upset that this has happened. I think many WWE fans felt that AEW should have been a move. But no, they don't make the call. It's the network. But here's the thing. Now that they move, what happens to AEW? I have to say, AEW, right now, they did some hell of a first two weeks post-wrestling, post-wrestling Wednesday Night War. With they reached a million views, which is great on their part. Now, I know many fans were questioning, but why is it that NXT didn't have the, that many views? There was a point that was made by um, the guys from Squared Circle Cycle Babble. If you guys ever heard of them, they are a YouTube podcast group that talk about pro wrestling like any other way. They did all of this with the ones in that war. Uh, one of the guys named Michael Vellante made a very compelling argument. We can say there 
we will always look w uh, nxt will be always be re remembered as a della Vella metal program that's the problem they haven't saying yes nxt is a third uh a third brand in itself and all this and that but it didn't happen that way i mean we're still getting wrestlers being called up to the main roster you know from both raw to both raw and smackdown but that's how it is but so far they haven't find successful now recently uh news came out that it's reported that aew could be moving to another day another time and day due to the fact of the nhl deal now this deal was supposed to happen with the usa network but it didn't happen it appears that tnt somehow obtained it but i don't think it would make any difference for us because we know as fans, they'll succeed no matter what day it is. I think the problem is many WWE fans were like wanting to see AEW go away. Like shut down completely. WWE will always be the number one promotion. It's not going to happen, folks. For all you WWE fans that think that, it's never going to happen. They're not going to go away just because you say so. But deal with it. Like any other person. Who has who's been dealing with this kind of thing? Now, the next subject we're going to talk about is the most interesting subject I have ever had to, how do I say, talk about. As you know, one of the most incredible wrestlers that ever made their appearance in WWE. Talking about Andrade or those who know him as Cien Almas. A while back, he was asked. He asked for a to be released from the company, but later, a few days later, it was told WWE denied. But when WWE had their latest their pay per view fast lanes, something just happened. It appears that they just released them out of the blue. I asked myself, what what is going on here? Why now? Because here's the way we can. Here's the thing. Let's talk about Andrade. The dude is talented. He is in his prime. He's in the, he's 30, 31 years old. That is good. Um, he's in good shape. And I get it. I mean, it, he is a, a great individual with great talent. But the real question is, what happened? Now, from what I understand, uh, Andrade did not have the no 90-day no-compete clause whatsoever. That was unusual for me for two reasons. One, we know that WWE will, try, will prevent any wrestler to make an appearance in any of their upcoming, um, how do I say, upcoming pay-per-view events that are significant. Something we have seen that was going to happen sooner or later, but now it isn't. And two... I don't know if they ever valued Andrade when they first recruited him, but now it's like, okay, he doesn't have that, which is great. I have to say it's good, but he can start working with anybody. I think the the real question is what's been going on? Where is he going to go? But since then, uh, it was later around that he made an appearance on a podcast with Hugo Soranovic. Talking about, uh, how do I say this? What happened? Like, what what was the reasons of his leaving? Now, this is one of those things that 
he comes out to tell the truth, what was going on. So let's try to find out what questions going on. If you guys have been aware, in October of 2020, he was injured. He was out of action. But however, from what he told, he returned to the company in February of this year. But over time, he was stuck in catering, doing nothing. And that kind of thing draw things. And even people like Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, they were asking him, why is it that he's not uh, on TV or, or, or anything? And it kind of brought a lot of questions. Now, we can say, oh, it's because he can't speak English pretty well. Well, we could try, but that's not what it is. I mean, they were not using him properly over time, and that kind of bothered him a lot. And I think because of that, it kind of gave him that decision to say, oh, I'm out, I'm I, I'm leaving WWE, I just feel I don't need... Even Charlotte Flair who we all know, if you guys know this or not, she is engaged to be married to him, tried to pitch an idea to have him to be a real-life couple in the company. But it did not happen. It, they shot her down. I even I was surprised that they turned down Charlotte Flair because I feel that she has a much bigger pool in the company than, than Andrade. But however, there was more things that talked about. He even talked about something that happened uh, with the WWE doctors, if you guys <coughs> that he did not know, he even said that that her uh, something levels were high that indicated that she was pregnant, and that kind of put them in a bit of a scare. And they even tried one of those tests, pregnancy tests that they did, turns up negative. And then they even ask for an apology because. Apparently, Andrade uh, revealed this is not the first time that something like this has happened. I'm like, what? <coughs> Who else? And that kind of draws suspicious. So th there's a lot of things that goes around with WWE that makes no sense. So there was a lot of things that were going on when it comes to Andrade, but it kind of went off the rails on this one. Now, the real question when it came to Andrade... What is next? I know there has been talk about him in many aspects. Like some fans will say, oh, he's going to go to AEW. It's simple. Like, yes. I mean, I feel that was a logical uh, explanation. And then recent, a while back, after his release, he posted a, a lot of things like teasers or something. Like there was a teaser of him when he was wearing the, la, the mask, La Sombra, when he won the NWA uh, world uh, middleweight championship or welterweight, which is part of the NWA um, lineage, and his goal is now th is to obtain the ten pounds of gold. I'm like, wow. I mean, it would make sense. I mean, if he did had that title before, I would like it. And then there was this teaser saying that he's reuniting with um, with his old stablemate Rush to be part of La Facción Ingobernable in Ring of Honor. There was a lot of talk about that, but later they showed a picture of him signing a contract now it's still unclear who he was i mean as much as we want to see him in aw i think he had other plans but however um recently some new development came around about andrade this came around what's today today is of course may 2nd Yesterday, it w there was a video that was showed where Andrade 
has issued a challenge for the AAA Mega Championship match at Triple Mania against Kenny Omega. I was like, what? Really? He wants to challenge Kenny Omega for the Triple A Mega Championship? I'm like, oh, oh boy, this is a match I gotta see. Hands down, this is a match. I have to say, Andrade picked the right opponent for himself. I don't know what to think. I was like, when he said this, I'm like, wow. And and I asked myself, is he signing, did he sign a contract with AAA? Did did he sign a a contract with AAA? I'm like, that's going to be intriguing because, A, if you guys don't know this about Andrade, he actually previously was with uh, CMML back in the day. I'm like, that is strange. But it would make sense why he would go with AAA. Because A, um, a lot there's a lot of disloyalty with the talent due to the higher-ups. Because there's been uh, a lot of talent are more loyal to the previous uh, guy who used to run it. That's another conversation I will put out later on in this episode. But let's move on to that. But the biggest news came around after that when it was announced that he wants to challenge Kenny for the AAA Mega Championship. Is there's a brand new promotion that he's already involved in called Federación Wrestling. Now, you probably asked me, why is that important? Well, it appears that he actually is reuniting with his old stablemate. I'm talking about Rush, part of La Facción Ingobernable. I'm like, what? That too? He even is kind of um, interesting because it's been told that he's going to be not only teaming with him, but also with Rush's brother and his father. And I'm not to say this is like a new ver- another version of La Facción Ingobernable in Mexico. So I have to say, this is going to be an interesting move for him now that he's gone with WWE. But the real question is, is he going to wrestle only in Mexico? It would make sense because that's originally his ro- in his roots, but... I would love to see where he's going to do. If he's going to make U.S. appearances, I don't know. But we'll see down the line. Now, as far as that contract with AAA, I'm not sure yet. But however, um, I will talk about Federación Wrestling down the line and explain to everybody what's going on on that one. Because it's a brand new promotion that just all of a sudden started uh, emerging out of the blue. Now, let's talk about also post-WrestleMania. The latest releases that took place after WrestleMania 37. It was announced that 10 wrestlers were released from WWE. Thank God it wasn't multi- like over 40 people. But here are the people who were released. Samoa Joe. Billy Kay. Peyton Royce. Mickey James. Chelsea Green. Tucker. Calesto. Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake, and Mojo Rawling. Now, I was surprised with releasing Samoa Joe, in my opinion. The reason is, the dude is amazing. I've been a big fan of Joe when he was in TNA back in the day. It was He was one of the most amazing talent I've ever seen. A guy of his size. Now, I'm going to post it out saying this to, to everybody. Th- there was... Of course, a lot of the reasons why he was released. And this one, it's a load of crap. 
that came from a, a, a group called Wrestling Hub. Now, they said that their reports saying the reason Samoa Joe was released was because of his weight. I'm like, what? His weight? I asked myself, where did he get this from? Samoa Joe is good in it. He's a big guy who's Samoan. And you're saying that it was his weight? And I know many fans have been expecting him to come back. But now that it was released, I have to say, wherever Wrestle Hub, Wrestling Hub got this info, there are a bunch of Oscar Mayer wieners because that can't be the reason why, you know, he was released. There has to be more reasons to this. Samoa Joe had suffered a concussion prior before this. And he's been doing commentating for who knows how long. And I kind of I had a hard time believing that. Like people say, I wouldn't take that with a, with a grain of salt. And that kind of makes me question what really happened between those, between um, with between both parties. But I guess we'll never know. But however, it was being teased that um, he may return to Impact. I, I mean, it would be great to see him back where he had a big name for himself. But I know many fans would love to see him in AEW. But we'll just wait and see what happens then. Now, let's talk about the other wrestlers who I may think have a feeling that they would end up post-WWE. Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Now, to me, I had this initial thought about them. That they could go to Impact Wrestling for two reasons. One, they were a legit tag team in the women's division. No doubt about that. And I say they are a perfect team. The challenge for the Impact Wrestling Knockouts Tag Team Championship. Now, put yourself in that position, people. If you have been a fan of Impact Wrestling, you know I'm right about this. I would love to see that. And two, two is because, A, they have a friend there who could help them out. Who I feel they could form like a, a, a somewhat of a faction due to the fact that they're three women from Australia. If you guys are wondering who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Tennille Dashwood. It would make sense in that way. But however, the, the recent news came around. Uh, Sean Spears, if you guys know this or not, who is the real life husband of Peyton Royce, is saying that there has been discussion about a that the Iconics could potentially join AEW. And I'm like thinking, okay. Where they could, how they can fall in. I know many fans are, they believe that their in-ring work wasn't that good or or whatever. It would make sense. I mean, we cannot consider they were that popular or anything. But, I don't know. It would make sense because I think maybe it would be a logical step choice for Peyton. Because she probably wants to be close to her husband. And I don't blame her for, for that. I mean, it's kind of hard. I mean, look at what's going on with Mero and... Lana, I mean, there's no problems amongst those two, but it's difficult because Lana has to stay at a hotel nearby in um in Orlando or in Orlando where they have the NX the wherever they're gonna be doing their tapings down there. It's very difficult, but it would make a lot of sense. Now Mickey James, she is one of those names we can talk about. I mean, not only she made a name for herself in WWE, but she also made her name herself 
and Impact. I know there's others that saying, oh, she probably will go to AEW because A, she has a good, um, much higher uh, recognition in the women's division. I mean, she could help elevate the women's division in AEW because I know there's been fans that kind of been criticizing AEW that they don't have a strong women's division. I mean, they can hold their own. There are some good female wrestlers down there we cannot deny about, but the way they're booking them, that would make a little sense. But what role would she play in? I mean, I feel if I was a, someone from AEW, I would put Mickey James in charge of the wrestlers. Like maybe not only be a coach, but maybe produce their matches. And I feel Mickey James could fit that mold. But there was a discussion from, uh, of course, Squirt Circle Psychobabble talking about her. That maybe she'll join her husband, her real life husband, uh, Nick Aldis, to be the, the power couple down in NWA. I'm like, hmm. Not a bad idea. I mean, it could work. I'm not going to deny that, but it could work. But we'll see what happens down the line. Next person I want to talk about is uh, Chelsea Green. I have to say, WWE did a lot of screwed things with her. I have to say, she's been injured twice in NXT. Uh, twice in her in her career with WWE. One with NXT, one when she was on Raw. And they just recently let her go. And recently, she just revealed that uh, she's having visa problems, that she may have to go to Canada or do the logical step, which is marry her fiancé, Matt Cardona, who we know where he is. Now, I mentioned this before about Samoa Joe, that he was being teased of returning to Impact. Well, it turns out she was he wasn't the only one that was being teased. So was Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green had a different name at the time. If you guys remember that gimmick she had where she's like, Half and half, one with the bride, one with this other look. I mean, that was what made her well-recognized in the Impact Wrestling uh, uh, shows all the time. I wouldn't be surprised if she does go to Impact because, you know, because A, she had a better recognition down there, and B, um, Matt Cardona's there. It would make more sense. But as for the other wrestlers, like Tucker, Calesta, uh, Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake, Mojo Rowling, I feel like, I don't know. There's a lot of things that were wrong here, but I'm sure they will find other places to be, but only time will tell what's going to happen. But do I vision these five individuals joining AEW? Frankly not, because I'm sure that they will look for a a much look or better what other values they can be in in other promotions. But all we got to do is wait and see what's going to happen down the line. Now, this next topic came around this past uh, Wednesday, reported by Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer, where WWE are in talks with MLW. Yes, you heard me right. They're in talks with MLW about having a partnership. Now, you probably saying, wait a minute, but WWE don't need to be in a partnership. Well, there's a few reasons why. Now, Dave Meltzer reported the reason this is happening, it's not a coincidence that we know those who are MLW fans, for those who don't know what MLW stands for, it stands for Major League Wrestling, that recently MLW just acquired a TV deal by Vice TV. It it kind of fits the mole on that. It, it's not a coincidence. But however, there's a reason to that. <coughs> the reason all of this has happened was because they want to have 
many of their talent of the their lesser talent in NXT to have TV rep. It wouldn't make sense because right now currently there is no house shows because they're dealing with the pandemic. And that kind of fits the idea of one about it. But recently we were expecting another NXT show called NXT Evolve. Now from what I under, from what Dave Meltzer reported, they said they already filmed the pilot early this year, but there is no other further information. I mean, it's not a coincidence that something like this happened with Evolve and then 90s ECW. I mean, it kind of talks about it a lot. I mean, I, I just saw this on Twitter where people saying, just watch, just watch. They will acquire MLW and then they'll... The match. I mean, look. I know some WWE fans would say there's a lot of dream matches that could happen. I mean, uh, Roman Reigns taking on Jacob Fatu. I mean, the possibilities are endless on that. But we. This is kind of like very interesting talks. Now I know there's been a lot of fans have been critical, but uh, here's the reason why it's happening. As you know, we've been seeing the hype with AEW working with other promotions such as New Japan, Impact, and AAA. I think right now WWE are getting the, the idea, or if they are really pl- getting the idea, about other promotions working together. Now, from what I understand, there's a new guy who runs the company called, uh, named Nick Khan. No, I don't know if he's related to Tony or, or Shahid. But if he is, I'll let you guys know. But I'll do research on that. I'll put a pin on it to find out more who this guy is. But apparently he looks like he's paying attention to what's going on. So I think the idea of having a partnership with MLW kind of fits the idea. Like saying, okay, yes, we're being criticized for not working with other promotions. So we're being that uh, that isolation company that refuses to work because we rule the entire wrestling world. So maybe that's the whole point. But do I think this is going to work? I'm not sure. But like I always say, time will tell. So there's still no further word what's going to happen. Uh, there's still no word from MLW if this is the case. Um, Wrestle Talk reported saying they talked to PW Insider, saying that there were no further talks about it. But I'm like, okay, then why did they also report this? I know some people are judged Dave Meltzer with Believing whatever he puts out on out there, saying it's a load of crap. You know, I understand that, but there's a lot of moving parts on this that needs to be well uh, observed by pro wrestling fans like myself. But I'll keep an eye on this. If there's any other information that comes out, and you guys will be hearing this from me. Now, the next topic. This one kind of caught my attention on that very, very. Same day when I saw this whole thing with WWE and talks with MLW. If you guys are refer- want to know what I'm referring to, there was a tweet by Mick Foley saying this that a Vince, an all fe- female brand, needs to happen in WWE unless you want AEW to beat you to the punch. Sincerely, Mick. Now, some of you are saying that's a good idea. You would love to see an all-female brawn because here's the thing. We don't know how many women they have already signed and there's a lot that we haven't seen. But however, this could cause a bit of a problem because what's going to happen to the top stars in 
Raw and SmackDown because does that mean they have to put their titles on the line in, in this brand? I'm like, I don't know. But to me, this is how I would see it. If, if it, that came around, this is how I'd see it. Don't bring the top talent, uh, women's talent, from both Raw and SmackDown. Keep them where they're at. Just put the ones you hardly put, you know, that you hardly never see on TV. And that's how I, I would do it if that was in my situation, the way I, I vigil it, uh, kind of visualize it. But however, I don't think th if that ever happens, I don't think this will ever be televised. It probably will be streaming on the Peacock Network like they do with the other shows, you know, like uh, 205 Live and NXT UK. That, that's what I would picture, but I, I wouldn't mind that whatsoever. But when they AW, I remember not too long ago, uh, Kenny Omega, if you guys know this or not, he is in charge of the women's division in AEW. But he said he would love to throw in an all-female show within AEW. I have to say that's a good idea because here's the thing. With both companies, we don't see too many of the women's wrestlers a, a, a lot. We may see like somewhere within each show that they have of the week. Like maybe one, two, three matches at a time. I mean, look, you got AEW, with WWE, you have the women's titles from both Raw and SmackDown, and there's the women's tag team titles, all of that. I mean, that's kind of like, okay, it would make more sense. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But you probably ask, what about the other promotion? What about the, what's the difference between that and the all-female promotions? There's a difference. You know, this is, a if they want to do an all-female brand, that's within the umbrella of the of the company they work for. The promotions like uh, Shine, Shummer, uh, WOW, uh, who else? Even the Japanese promotions like Stardom, Tokyo Yoshi Pro, Ice Ribbon, uh, Pro Wrestling Eve out of out of the UK. These are self all female wrestling promotions. They're not in any umbrella from any company. They're like their own self company that you know they run, and that's the difference between them. But the all brands, that's going to be a little tricky to do it, the way I, I kind of picture it. But if that ever comes around from both companies, I will definitely cheer on for it, no matter what. But the real question is, for Vince, will he be interested in that? Because we have seen they've done it in all-female pay-per-view, which is Evolution. We were expecting another one, but it never happened. But that's what took place. But I don't know what Vince was thinking. Uh, only time will tell if that ever happens. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is this brand new promotion that just recently came out called Federacion Wrestling. Now, I don't know who or what came around, but when this promotion started making um, headways on social media, I found out Rush is involved. So are the members of La Facción Ingobernable. Then they showed a video of Andrade showing up. I'm like, whoa, that's pretty sick. But recent news has been revealing that um, CMML talent, Consejo Mundial Lucha Libre talent, were leaving the company in favor of La Federación Wrestling. And I'm like, I was like wondering, why are they leaving for this company? It makes no sense. And there is a reason why. Two reasons. The people behind this promotion it's none other than Dorian Rodan who is in fact um the heir to AAA Lucha Libre and of course 
Sofia Alonso, who's also another heir to that particular company of Consejo Mundial Lucha Libre. Now, I don't know what brought these two together, you know, uh, members of their own families involved in different promotions. But the one reason why I've seen Consejo Mundial Lucha Libre Talent leaving the company was because of their loyalty to Paco Alonso, which is Sofia's father, who passed away two years ago. Now, you probably want to know, why would they leave that company for her? Now, if you guys know this about Paco Alonso, he was the genius throughout his time running this company. Uh, people say they talk about how he allowed many of his staff to help him try to manage how to run the company. You know, like who's in charge of the tag team division, who's in charge of the women's division, all of that. And it kind of made him for, famous for who he is. He was the genius and a lot of success from the 80s all the way to uh, to his death. And it was hard. And, of course, if you guys know this or not, uh, rumor has it that he is very notorious with starting feud with wrestlers who betray him. And this includes Hijo de Santos, uh, Conan, and a few others. But when Paco Alonso passed away, uh, we were expecting his daughter, Sofia, to take over. Uh, but something happened. As soon as she took over, she already explained what is the plan for Consejo Mundial. It was later revealed that um, she wanted to give more exposure to much of the independent wrestlers, more exposure to the women's wrestlers. But however, members of the Luthra family, which is her family, did not like that. Now, some of you will probably say, but J-Rod, this is good things for someone like her to think. That is true. But however, in the term new in the Luthra vocabulary... If you say you want to do something new, it's considered a bad word. Now, yeah, some of you probably say, what? It's not the first time something like this happened. Um, uh, Dorian Rodan's uncle, uh, Antonio Peña, he also was involved with Consejo back then. Um, before he left, he had an idea to um, give much of the junior heavyweight competitors some exposure when he was in Consejo Mundial. But however, his idea was shot down by um, Paco because he was uh, following his old pal, Ered a guy named Herrera, who in fact uh, thought, let's just stick with the course. And of course, Antonio was felt like, okay, if I can't do this, I'll leave. And, and that was like the thing. What I meant, when there's a word new, they kind of treat it like it's a bad word. And I'm like surprised that Sofia was the one who decided, I'm going to do this. But here's what happened when the other members of the Luthera family decided to kick her out. Many of the wrestlers were not cooperating. They were like, felt like we were loyal to her father and now you want to kick her out. So many, but however, many wrestlers were leaving because of that. And they made the decision, okay, we'll bring her back, but not as the head of the company. They just put her in the directoring TV programming and marketing, that sort of thing. You know, so basically, whatever this is, I think this is a big surprise for me to hear that she former promotion. And I feel like I did talk about this with my friend Nico, who was my host on the YouTube channel, telling him this, that I have this distinct feeling that she could form a promotion. And I feel like, whoa, I just called it.
I called it. Now, you can say that it took two years for this to happen. True. But the real question is, when? You got to remember, the Luthorov family are very, very, a different type of family you don't uh, understand. Even if if you know them personally. I mean, here, but hearing stories about them, that kind of makes sense. But however, with this promotion, uh, Federación Wrestling, I'm kind of curious because I'm hearing... A lot of wrestlers are being uh, already booked for their first show in in June, I think. Yeah, in June. Amongst them is the Lucha Brothers, uh, Penta and Phoenix. They're going to be there. Uh, of course, Rush, Andrade, Bestia, Dragon Lee, and a few others from what I understand. We could possibly see more wrestlers who were in Consejo Mundial even appear and decide to be part of this promotion. Now, I don't know what, what prompted... Dorian Rodan to talk to Sofia saying, let's form this promotion together as a project. I'm like, this is a very interesting news to hear. Because you could say you got two children from two different companies who are rivals. That's very un uh, unheard of. But however, whatever the reason they decided, look, whatever happened in our family's past, that's behind us. This is the future. So um, if that was the case, I'm hands down cool with it. You know, I'm I'm cool with the idea that they decided to work together. You know, not to involve AAA and Consejo Mundial into this because I always assumed that Dorian would be the one to control AAA because you know his uncle was the one who ran it, and then later his dad took over um, Joaquin. But recently, not too long ago, he passed away. But now his mom, you know, took over. Uh, along with him, but I don't know what's going on in that scenario because I hardly see uh, Dorian involved in AAA. But whatever the case is, I'm down to see these two work together. I think they having the thing, uh, their rivalry put to the side and work together in the in the future. I have to say that's a great thing to hear from both sides. So I hope you guys enjoy this content right now, revealing me or talking about. What uh, post Wednesday Night War, Andrade, um, of course the releases from WWE, the whole talks with um, WWE and MLW, Mick Foley's tweet, and of course the new Mexican wrestling promotion Federación Wrestling. Uh, there'll be more to come uh, when I get new stuff coming in, and of course you probably will enjoy what's going to be the new content I'll put out next week. So. I'll say for all of you guys, uh, goodbye for now. I'll see you guys in the next DWZ time. Same DWZ channel. I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye. And have a nice day. Bang.